Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Proto Fantasy Football Podcast. A very, very special fantasy football podcast today by Brodo because as you could notice Tim isn't here why is that Jason we have a new member of the Brodo team and no it's not Santiago you guys know he's <laughs> on the team by now it's a little guy named Dennis, Dennis and we're not talking about our dad nope we're talking about Tim's newborn son if you are listening June 30th today Tim had a baby folks Woo! he's a dad He's been talking about this for a while now. We're uncles. He's in the hospital currently. We unfortunately cannot visit him because of COVID protocols. It sucks. We probably wouldn't be recording today if we were able to visit him. Yeah, I'd say but, so. I think that's a fair, yeah. fair <laughs> excuse. So it's only us today, but man, Tim is absolutely ecstatic. His wife is, their wife and baby are both in good health. Absolutely ecstatic. We are absolutely ecstatic. It's a tremendous day for the Petropolis family and the Brodo family and very happy for Tim and all of us and uh, you guys for listening and being a part of it. Yeah, Tim has talked about it on the pod. He's talked about how he was expecting and all of that stuff. And it has come to fruition today. We woke up this morning to a picture of his baby, a video. Beautiful little guy. Great name. Our dad's name. My middle name. And we are very excited. But with that being said... We're recording a podcast, as Michael said, because we can't see Tim right now. <laughs> True. So what we're going to do is run through a best ball draft for you, because if you're not doing $5 FFPC best ball leagues right now, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, as you guys know, or most listeners know, new listeners maybe don't know, I work for the FFPC, so I cannot legally participate in drafts, but Jason and Tim can, and they have been running through some $5 FFPC best ball drafts. We have a code, guys. A code. We have been tweeting it a bunch. Basically, every time we join a league, we send out the code to... You click the link, and if you are a new account, you get a free $5. And then you can just draft against us for free in a $5 league and win the prizes. If you're a patron, even if you already have an account, you get a free $5 league. So join the Patreon if you'd like. See what the Patreon is like and get a free $5 FFPC league. There's no reason not to give it a shot. And the FFPC is a tremendous place to play. All leagues are uh, PPR, tight end, premium. Most of the brightest minds in the game play on the FFPC because of their, are, their large tournaments where you could win $500,000. And with that being said, that's what we're going to do today. But first, before we get started, because this is usually how Tim kicks it off, so I'm going to take his job today. I need to tell you about the Fantasy Football by Brodo app on app stores everywhere. And by app stores everywhere, I mean the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. But that pretty much encompasses everything, unless you're still using a BlackBerry, in which case they might even use the Google Play Store. I might not even know. But you're definitely going to want to grab this app for when the season comes around and for now, because we are pumping out content. We have released three different or three or four different articles just this week. Um, We're going to keep pumping out articles. We're going to keep pumping out podcasts. And then when you're on the app, There's player cards. They're super cool. They look super cool. And they're useful because it's not just aesthetics, people. We got their combine stuff in the front and their stats for any year you want in the back. The the stats that we think are the most important, we've picked them out for you and put them on the back of the card. There's a statistics page where you can get Broto-exclusive stats like true values, rushing yards over expected. You can get your general, normal stats, passing yards, passing touchdowns, sort by 
passing yards, passing touchdowns. At the palm of your hand, super easy. There's player comps. If you're wondering what you should do with that young player in your league, if you think that young player is going to break out this season or not. There's coaching stuff. There's a points tool, an R, a rushing yards over expected tool. Rankings coming very soon. Another very cool thing coming very soon. Very cool. Very soon. Can't say it quite yet, but a lot of varies here. You're going to want to download this app. We're constantly updating it. The homepage got a reboot this week. It looks beautiful. And we're just going to keep keep on kicking and keep on making it better. So please join us on this journey. And with that being said, let's start the show. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. So as we prefaced in our long introduction to the show, but deservedly show, shout out Tim again. We just say shout out Tim. I ran the points of this podcast because shout out Tim. Dad. Papa Tim. Papa Tim. Papa 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 Tim. Papa 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 Tim. Papa Tim. All right, so we are probably going to do a few of these episodes until the season starts um, because we think mock drafting is useful. We think we can talk through players doing it. It's just a fun way to do it. So we thought what better way to start that off than to do it from the number one spot. Um, when you sign up for FFPC drafts, I am notorious. This was the exception, people. Notorious for not getting the first pick or second or third. Every time I sign up for an FFPC draft, I'm like in the 7 to 11 range. Without question. It pisses me <laughs> off. And I want Michael. I'm going to I'm gonna petition the FFPC to change their algorithm because it pisses me off. It's random. Randomization. But our first um, not mock draft, FFPC draft review of the year is coming from the number one spot just because it makes sense and I think this team is a doozy so what we're gonna do today is I'm it's mostly gonna be me talking about the team with well it's mostly gonna be Michael with me asking Michael what he thinks about it and then there were some guys in here that I got Tim's opinion on who I kind of regret the picks but Michael likes them so I'll let Michael talk <laughs> to them Jason 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 so before we start since we had, well, we're starting now, but we had the first pick. I want to ask Michael a basic question. FFPC is PPR tight end premium, yep. meaning a catch for a tight end is 1.5 points. So, Michael, is the number one choice in FFPC leagues between Christian McCaffrey and Travis Kelsey? I think it's between Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey uh, Dalvin Cook, and Travis Kelsey because McCaffrey and Cook are just so damn good. Um, and consistent as well they've both been just consistently tremendous over the past two seasons the problem for me is if you're not taking Christian McCaffrey number one overall you're not doing it right (laughs) so it's really Christian McCaffrey number one and then Cook and Kelsey two and three for me I'd probably go McCaffrey Cook and Kelsey but I'd go as far as taking Kelsey third overall because in a tight end premium league to get someone that damn good it's really not fair it's this dude is an absolute monster he's Basically a wide receiver one in a tight end slot in a spot where they get extra points. Travis Kelsey year after year is one of the most highly, uh, when it comes to win rate, one of the most highly owned players every single year on FFPC leagues. And that's not 
by chance. He's just consistently great, and I do think he has a very, very, very good claim for the second or third spot after Christian McCaffrey. I 100% agree. The best season I had in FFPC, we've talked about this before, um, not last year. Last year I had some success, but like the most successful team I had was two years ago um, where I was top 10 in the like the big, big tournament. Refresh me of the name. Scott Fishbowl? Draft of Giants? Bro. FFPC, the big tournament. Oh, Football Guys Player Championship? There you go. Thank you. The employees for getting. Um, <laughs> I so thought you were talking about like a Scott Fish tournament I was top 10 in that. Actually, yeah. So, reboot since you confused me. Football Guys Player Championship, biggest tournament in FFPC, top 10 team. Why? Because I had Kelsey and Kittle on it. And then I drafted Aaron. Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler in the later rounds. That is, honestly, for that year too, that might be one of the best top four starts like of all time, of any year. I don't even think they were my four, first four picks. No, they were. If I recall correctly, I think it was Kittle, Kelsey, Jones, Eckler you started. Uh, maybe that's fucking Flames. That is Flames. So yeah, with all that uh, being said, CMC was, who did this draft? You were Tim? I did. What's a guy who you took first overall? Obviously, good pick. So, yeah, good pick, Christian McCaffrey. There. Uh, look, we don't need to spend much on much time on Christian McCaffrey. Don't talk yourself out of him. I know he was injured last year, but he also had a higher points per game last year than the year before. Like this guy would have broke records. I don't see why anything would change. Um, people think the offense will be improved with Darnold, even if the offense isn't improved. He's been a beast with. Teddy Bridgewater, and a bunch of other scrubs. So it doesn't matter. Christian McCaffrey's a beast. Yeah. So the interesting thing about picking first is that you don't pick again until pick 24. So, but let's go over the picks in between first um, and see if anything sticks out. I'll run through these names quickly. The order, Travis Kelsey, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, Zeke, the fall from grace to the eighth spot. Cam Akers right behind him. Darren Waller. Tyreek Hill. Austin Eckler at the turn with Najee Harris, a.k.a. Anne Hathaway. And then it's Stephon Diggs, Nick Chubb, George Kittle. Anne Hathaway. Devontae Adams, A.G. Brown, Calvin Ridley, Aaron Jones, Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards, hell yeah. Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, I gave ours away. Yeah, you idiot. I picked DeAndre Hopkins at the turn. So, Michael... Does anything stick out to you from before my Hopkins pick? And considering I picked Hopkins, what do you think? The Hopkins pick is nice at the end of the second round because you get a very solid wide receiver one to pair Christian McCaffrey. I'm all about the seesaw drafting method this year, grabbing that good RB1 stack up everywhere um, else and then grab the second RB2 later on. Especially in best ball, yo. Like, people really overestimate how many good weeks you have, you need from a running back. And you could take one of the things I saw, which was very cool on Twitter. I forgot who shared it, and I was like, this is pretty telling. Talking about taking shots at the end of base, uh, best ball drafts. Eno Benjamin was on 10% of winning best ball teams last year, which was high. That's crazy. And he did not score a single point. Yeah. Because it was just teams who drafted well taking a shot on Eno Benjamin. Like, you don't need to hit on every single pick. But if you do, 
then obviously it, it helps. But yeah, like when it comes to best ball drafting, if you grab a bunch of RB2 type guys, it could end up working out pretty handsomely for you. So I do like you going DeAndre Hopkins So you're Hopkins telling here. me, even though my chance of winning the league is 1 out of 12, if I draft Eno Benjamin, it becomes 1 out of 10. That's what I got out of that. <laughs> there you go. You heard it here first, folks. Drafting Eno Benjamin is a key to success. But I did want to shout out the Travis Kelsey, Antonio Gibson start. I think it's pretty fire for I'm not Team gonna 2. Lie. I'm looking at a team here, and I guess we'll get to him. But the guy who has Cook and Clyde Edwards in the third round, he took Michael Thomas. Not bad. Not bad. If you're going to take RBs That's in the first two rounds, you get someone like Michael Thomas. Nice guy to have as your number one wide receiver when you have two very good running backs already. Yeah. So we took DeAndre. Well, you t- excuse me. You took DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and next. then since I'm on the turn, I have yeah. another pick. So here, I was deciding between wide receivers. If I'm being honest, because you all know I'm not taking Joe Mixon, who went next. This is too high for J.K. Dobbins, in my opinion. DeAndre Swift I considered, but I wanted to grab a wide receiver. So I was deciding between DK Metcalf, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Scary Terry. Those are the guys I was deciding between. I know Michael might, for I know Michael might say CeeDee Lamb. No, no, too early for CeeDee Lamb, too, with the turn. All right. You gotta, I wouldn't take CeeDee Lamb over Metcalf, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen. I honestly love Keenan Allen this year. If I redid this draft today, probably would have took him. Not gonna lie. Um, I talked to Tim about this draft. We were, he he was my confidant, and he he kind of talked me into Metcalf over Keenan Allen because I'm like fifty fifty on them two right now. Michael, did I make the right decision? I am all in on the Seahawks this year, man, because. Brian Schottenheimer is gone. I've been yelling from the rooftops the Seahawks need to move on from Brian Schottenheimer for years now, saying they're wasting Russell Wilson's prime, and it was infuriating. And yes, I know Pete Carroll's still there, and he's still going to want to run the ball, etc., all that. But they're already talking about a more fast-paced offense. I think we're going to be able to see Russell Wilson shine. I think a Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf-type stack might end up winning people big money this year. I'm all in on the uh, Wilson-Metcalf bandwagon, and... In this case, I think DK Metcalf here, especially in best ball, Metcalf is in for some huge weeks to pair with DeAndre Hopkins, who's more of a high floor type guy, you know, because DeAndre Hopkins doesn't really bust very often, especially in that offense where he sees a bunch of targets. So I think uh, a McCaffrey-Hopkins-Metcalf start is something that uh, makes me tingly. I like that start for you, bro. Tingle, tingle. Yeah, for sure. I definitely like my start here. I just... Looking at this draft board, I'm still a little... I don't know if I'd take Keenan Allen over DK Metcalf again. It's probably some stuff that I'm going to be wibbly-wobbling about throughout this offseason. Is that a, is that a term? Wibbly-wobbling? If you want it to be a term, it could be a term. So after Metcalf went Joe Mixon, who is going to certainly fail that person who drafted him. <laughs> um, and then Michael Thomas. Let's take a second to talk about Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, Michael Because Michael Thomas, on one hand, we have, this time last year, people saying this is the best wide receiver in the NFL. Yep. On the other hand, we have Drew Brees retiring. We honestly don't know who his quarterback is. We're taking the Taysom Hill side because he, simply, he was the quarterback when him and Winston were both on the team last year. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the fact that Michael Thomas 
began to make it known that he's one of the best players in the league in yeah. a negative way. Yeah. I'm probably T.O. style. I don't hate the Michael Thomas pick at 3.3, third round, third pick. I take Keenan Allen ahead of him, but if I was at 3.4, I might have done it. I don't see myself taking Michael Thomas before that. You know, yeah, Michael Thomas is someone I thought I wasn't really going to be in at ADP much, but now that he's like a mainstay in the third round, sometimes I see him fall to the mid to late third. And I think, man, if Michael Thomas is there in the mid to late third, it's hard not to draft him. He, you know? he is so like, talented. There was just a draft that, was it, I think Tim did, where he got Michael Thomas 310, I want to say. Like Taylor Kittle, Michael Thomas, I think he started. Yeah, that was a great start. Like, if you can get Michael Thomas at 310 with two, like you're getting a RB1 tight end, one wide receiver, one to start. It's glorious. I do think Michael Thomas at this point in the draft, I'm cool taking him here because, yo, people forget Jameis Winston is an absolute fucking baller, yo. Like, yeah, he throws a lot of interceptions, but he threw for how many? 5,000 yards, was it, last time he was quarterback? Or almost 5,000? I mean, he was a quarterback one every week. Yeah, I know he threw 30 interceptions. He also threw 33 touchdowns. So if Jameis is quarterback, Michael Thomas might just be in for more Drew Brees-esque years coming up. So I know last year was a disappointment, but yeah, at this point, I think that was a good pick. There's someone that really sticks out, and that's Kyle Pitts at 3-6. Consistently going in the second, late second, early to mid-third these days in FFPC drafts is Kyle Pitts because it's tight end premium. It's ridiculous. The He's not really a tight end. He's a unicorn type guy. He's going to be used as a receiver. He's going to be great. The hype is too much for me at this point in the draft, man. Kyle Pitts cannot leave your draft as your third best player, right? I will for <laughs> sure not have Kyle Pitts this year, 100%. It's crazy. Uh, I know the upside is there, but this is really tough, taking him in the middle of the third The last round. tight end who's actually good in the first year was Evan Ingram, and he didn't put up third-round numbers. Yeah. People are saying this shit about Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. Tight ends have been getting hyped up recently. TJ Hawkinson was a top-ten pick. Yeah. Actually, TJ Hawkinson, I was going to bring up, picked at 312. He's also consistently going in the top 40-ish picks in FFPC drafts because of tight end premium. Jared Goff there, no real receiving threats. People are convinced he he's going to see 300 targets. He was just consistently average last year. And by consistently average, boy, do I mean consistently average. We discussed this in a recent pod where he was just... 10 to 15 points over and over and over and over and over. And in a best ball league, is, there, is that something you really need in the third round? No. Yeah. So I agree with you. I think Pitts and Hawkinson Definitely are not. little reaches. J.K. Dobbins made third and DeAndre Swift late third. Could be steals if they perform, I think. Well, I'll go over those now real quick. In case anyone doesn't know because Michael's been saying it. Sorry. Best ball simply means you draft and then you forget about the team. Um, there's no waivers there's no lineups every week the computer puts in your best lineup and then yep that's it best ball that's all it means so after dk metcalf went joe mixon michael thomas terry mclaurin keenan allen there's kyle pitts at three six jk dobbins cd lamb michael's boy Allen robinson deandre swift mike evans tj hawkinson i don't know how you could take hawk over the guys we're about to say Patrick Mahomes, Travis Etienne, Chris Carson, Amari Cooper, 
David Montgomery, Julio Jones, Miles Sanders, Robert Woods, Josh Allen, Mark Andrews, Tyler Lockett, and now I'm at the 4-5 turn. Here, looking at the board, I'll just talk about these two picks in tandem. Josh Allen and Mahomes are off the board. So I'm thinking to myself, I either get a quarterback who I think will be top five this year, whether that's Kyler, Lamar, Dak Prescott, or even Justin Herbert, mm-hmm. or those guys are likely going to go by the time I pick next, and then I'm going to be stuck drafting either Tannehill in the ninth round or who knows who, fucking Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston in the 14th and 15th. Yeah. So I decided to go with Kyler Murray. Nothing against Lamar, Dak, or um, Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert's behind those guys. Again, Kyler, Lamar, Dak, those are guys I'm probably going to be shifting around my rankings. to That day, I felt like going with Kyler Murray. Um, it probably helped that I was discussing the draft with Tim, and Tim is Kyler Murray's number one fan. I think that in the fifth round, you really can't go wrong, especially in best ball. Like, Kyler Murray's going to have great weeks, and you might as well grab your quarterback here if you think they can build a good enough team around him, and I thought I could. So I grabbed Kyler Murray. You know, it's pretty crazy to me that, like, I'm not a high QB guy, and then I saw these ADPs, bro. Guys like Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, all going consistently in the fifth and sixth round. I'm, I'm 100% drafting well. them there. Yeah. Kyler Murray, first first off, you drafted Kyler Murray, you have the stack with DeAndre Hopkins, which is great. Stacks also... Oh, I forgot about that. That's also why I went with Murray. Yeah, stacks are also great for best ball because typically a big week for the quarterback means a big week for the receiver as well, which stacks on points. You don't need to stack to win best ball leagues, but there is a correlation there that says stacking is a solid option. And, bro, Kyler Murray, he was on pace to have the best season ever before he got hurt last year and had to run less. If he is good to go this season... Talk about best season ever, so was Dak. Yeah, man, but if he's good to go this season, Kyler Murray could absolutely win you weeks. Yeah, I know. We are a classic late-round quarterback pod, but we're definitely changing our tune this year, man. With the emergence of running quarterbacks, getting Kyler Murray early or stacking a few guys you can stream at the end of the draft, they don't really equate to each other anymore. The running quarterback is just such a game-changer. And I'm okay with taking Kyler Murray in the fifth round. But then since this is the first and last pick of the rounds, I also decided to take another wide receiver here. I'm with Michael this this season. I'm I'm liking the seesaw strategy. I don't necessarily need two early running backs. It's a little different than how I usually act. Um, maybe in the late, like if I'm picking like eighth, and I can get like Zeke and Aaron Jones somehow, which the eighth person could have done in this draft, mm-hmm. that would be great. But I'm not sold on it. So I wanted to go wide receiver again here since I took a quarterback. I was deciding between... <clears throat> DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, basically. I think that's that's like a kind of a teardrop after those two. Guys like Jam- Jamar Chase, is, I love Jamar Chase. Fifth round, man, that's really high praise. I think it's a, a lot of seeing Justin Jefferson last year. It's making Jamar Chase go so high His ADP is like legit higher than T. Higgins. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty crazy. But I think after that, like, I'd so much rather have Godwin or more than guys like Chase, Galladay, Cup, and... 
I love Higgins, but even Higgins, like I'd take Godwin and Moore over those guys all day. I ended up going with Godwin because it's another year with Tom Brady. He's, he's healthy, and he just has the better quarterback than DJ Moore. Yep. DJ Moore always puts up numbers. He's going to be held back by his quarterback, though. That's something I'm trying to be more conscious of this year as well. Drafting players with better quarterbacks because that leads to consistently better games. And Godwin was a wide receiver, too, last year, one healthy. He just he wasn't healthy for a lot of the season, and people were just upset rostering him because it was frustrating rostering him. But they're forgetting how good he was. He was tremendous in the playoffs when he was healthy. Like, this is this is a guy who's very good when healthy. So I think a McCaffrey-Hopkins-Metcalf-Godwin-Murray start for you is real nice, kid. Yeah, I do what I can. I can what I do. A trio of running backs go in the middle of the fifth round that I want to ask you about. It was Jamar Chase, DJ Moore, Kenny Galladay, and then this trio of running backs. Miles Gaskin, Mike Davis, Josh Jacobs. How are you approaching these guys? Hey, hey, hey. It's it's tough with these guys. Fifth round, you could be getting an RB1, honestly. Miles Gaskin was so good last year when he played. Brian Flores just decided, I'm going to have a workhorse. When Miles Gaskin was out, it was Salvan Ahmed. When Miles Gaskin was healthy, it was Miles Gaskin. Even though they had Jordan Howard, Mr. I'm going to score a touchdown once every two games. It's tough to ignore the Dolphins didn't bring someone in. I like Miles Gaskin this year. I'm not a I'm not fading him. I think that's a good pick. Um, I'm buying into Brian Flores. Mike Davis. Uh, I'm a little iffy on Mike Davis because the Falcons just got rid of Julio Jones, right? Mm-hmm. So they no longer have that weapon on the outside to mix with Calvin Ridley. You can call Kyle Pitts a weapon, but let's be real, man. He's not Julio Jones. Yeah. Like, it's a rookie tight end. Yeah. But if you look at the depth chart behind Mike Davis, it's Quadre Allison and everyone's favorite fucking fifth round undrafted rookie. Javion Hawkins. Javion Hawkins, undrafted. Undrafted. Javion Hawkins creeping up draft boards. Some random fucking dude who wasn't even drafted. Fuck out of here with Javion like, Hawkins. Yo, Mike Davis, to me, it's like it's like it's ugly drafting Mike Davis where he's going. It just makes sense, though. Logically, yeah, it makes sense. Volume-based, touch-based. He might just end up being one of those, like, Justin Forsett-type guys where if you took him that year, it was great for that year. And he you was never good. really needed him again. He was good last year. And he was just in a great role that got him a bunch of points. And, I mean, last year we saw Todd Gurley, the ghost, the shell of Todd Gurley, had productive weeks. Brian Hill had a couple productive weeks. And now Mike Davis without Julio Jones, I do think in the fifth round it makes sense. I'm just a little scared that they bring in someone, like, a I don't know, like Adrian Peterson or something stupid like that. It could happen. That messes or, things up. Well, they're not going to bring Todd Gurley back. But, oof. I don't know, man. It's just, it's ugly, but it seems like he's a fit. And same thing with Miles Gaskin in the middle of the fifth. Yes. I like Gaskin, man. Yeah, he's he's the guy. And I think he's a little more clear-ish than Mike Davis because all the Dolphins brought in was Malcolm Brown after this long offseason of every saying, get rid of Gaskin now before they find his replacement. And they're like, no, Miles Gaskin is our guy. Yeah. And now it's a second-year offense with Tua. So I do think Miles Gaskin here makes sense too. I hate Josh Jacobs. I don't want any Josh Jacobs. Imagine last year saying 
you're going to draft Josh Jacobs behind Miles Gaskin and Mike Davis. <laughs> oh, fantasy football is great. Especially Mike Davis, like career journeyman. Well, bro, Jacobs, t- super touchdown dependent. They just gave Kenyon Drake, Kenyon Drake starter-type money to steal work. Yeah. It's very odd. And don't give me this shit that Kenyon Drake is going to be a wide receiver or whatever John Gruden said. <laughs> like, yeah. fuck that noise. Um, Lamar Jackson at 5'10 is nice. Yeah, after that trio is Cooper Cup. Who I like there, T. Higgins, who I also kind of like there. Lamar Jackson, also kind of like it. Kareem Hunt, you know how I feel about Kareem Hunt. I'm not taking a backup running back that high. Same thing as last year, honestly. Um, Javante Williams, who is flying up draft boards, rookie running back for the Broncos, who many think will be the starter over Melvin Gordon before before anyone expects it. Um, And then at the turn... Two tight ends, Dallas Goddard and Noah Fant. Followed by two quarterbacks, Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson. So my intuition that if I don't take a quarterback here, I'm not going to get a quarterback came true. Terrible there, though, by Team 5. One, he started Waller, which is nice. I like Darren Waller in the late first in FFPC. Yes, Team 10. And then Chubb Swift Carson. I hate starting next three with running backs. Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott. When you have a player like Lamar Jackson in best ball who's likely to put up a QB1 performance every single week, you really just need a bye week fill-in. And now you got Dak Prescott. If either if they both go 38 and 35 points one week, you're going to have 35 points sitting on your bench. And you don't have a receiver yet. And you go Dak Prescott. Terrible pick. Why? Like, just why? You don't need two stud quarterbacks. Yeah, man. Adam Thielen in the middle don't of the six. Don't take that approach, people. Yeah. 6'6 six, six is Adam Thielen. Hate Adam Thielen this year. I didn't like him last didn't year. Like him last year. And he was buoyed by touchdowns. I'm all aboard the Justin Jefferson train. I don't, he's getting older. He's dealing with more injuries. I do think this is the year to fade Adam Thielen. Yeah. And I, I mean, I used to like Adam Thielen. Just I don't think this is the year. All right. After Adam Thielen. Hold on. So Chase it. Let me repeat. After Dak and Russell Wilson was Deontay Johnson. Okay. In the sixth round, Chase okay, Edmonds I mean, receptions. Chase Edmonds, I feel like is a, it's a tear break now. But again, like this guy, he already took Taylor, Dobbins, and Jacobs through five rounds, and then he takes Chase Edmonds in the sixth. I don't, I just don't get it. That's a good point. After that, is Adam Thielen, Justin Herbert, and then in the sixth round, eighth pick, Team Four takes Leonard Fournette. That's early. Leonard Fournette has been going. Rojo in the, was actually good last year. Nobody wants Fournette's to admit been it. going in the eighth or ninth round, really in FFPC drafts. I think he's a great value in the eighth or ninth rounds. So same with Rojo. I not think in the sixth round. Not I like Rojo. Sixth. I think this is a uh, very early for Fournette. A little confused by it. I also think Trey Sermon, who was the next pick, is a very stupid pick right now. Very dude. This is Shanahan offense. Trey Sermon is not coming in and being the the main back. Yeah. I'm sorry. They have Mostert. They have fucking Jeff Wilson, uh, well, Wayne Gallman. injured, but they, yeah, exactly. They brought in Gallman. Like, yo, Trey Sermon's not just going to come in and be the running back. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not seeing it. It's a Shanahan offense. No, no one is the running back. Yeah, it's true. And and reports out of camp are if Mostert's healthy, he's going to be the back, and he's been great Does in that role. So? Yeah. After Trey Sermon, Logan Thomas, and then it was my turn to pick again. Um, this is where things got a little dicey because mm. I want to grab another running back. 
I wasn't opposed to two running backs, but I didn't love the board here. Um, and there was one wide receiver who kind of stuck out to me. I'm not his biggest fan. Looking back, I may have taken a shot on Brandon Ayuk here. I can see that. I can see that for sure. Um, if I was drafting today, I probably would have took Ayuk. I like this high upside best ball pick, though. And that's what I did here. Um, so tell tell the people, Michael, why did I take Odell Beckham? Odell Beckham Jr. I like the OBJ pick here because, look, he's been... <sighs> He's been bad these this, last this, several seasons. He's now seasons. my fourth wide receiver. But yeah, he's, not, like, he's not your fourth wide receiver. He hasn't been great these past several seasons, but if somehow he gets fully healthy and returns to form, look, I don't think that's going to happen, but if it did, he's going to be an absolute steal. Can he return to the form he was at with the Giants? I don't know. It's been years now of him not being as good and dealing with injuries and such. This might just be who OBJ is now. But even last year, in an injury-riddled season, he had some spike games, and in a best ball, uh, in a best ball league, those spike games are going to be great, especially when you have wide receivers like Hopkins, Metcalf, and Godwin already on the team. This so is I like also the OBJ the, pick. He's here. like the thirtieth receiver off the board here. Yeah, Close after guys it. like Galladay, Cup, Higgins, Chase, I think it makes sense here. And then after Jerry Judy, I'm taking Beckham all day over Judy. I'm taking Beckham over DJ Chark, over Robbie Anderson, ball. over Claypool. So I do think it was just really between Beckham and Ayuk. And I, I would probably go Ayuk today, but I wouldn't blame you if you did. I think Ayuk is solid as well. The next one's very fun. It is. So this guy, as you guys know, I said I work for FFPC. I see draft boards a bunch. Has been shooting up draft boards of late. And he mainly goes in. I've seen him go in the fifth now, mainly in the sixth. So this is, this is actually a little behind in, in ADP now. So this was a smart pick by you, I think. First pick of the seventh round, the team that just brought in Morgan Moses, ooh, to add to their improved outline. I think that's one of the reasons why Carter is going high yeah. now. Oh, we didn't even say his name yet. But oh. <laughs> to add to his rookie quarterback with Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, Jamison Crowder, Elijah Moore, and the Wonder Kid. Elijah Moore, Michael Carter. When it comes to the Jets, I I really like Ty Johnson as a late pick this year because he's free. I like that too. And he was good when healthy last year. Fuck out of here, Tevin Coleman. He hasn't been that good in a while, and he was injured last year, and he's a little older now. So we're looking at Michael Carter. Michael Carter could potentially be the back for the Jets starting week one. With a very solid offensive line now. Very solid offensive line. And what looks like a pretty solid team. And if the team wants to hide him, hide their rookie quarterback, they're probably going to use the running back. And guess who the Jets' offensive coordinator is? Matt LaFleur. Mike LaFleur. <laughs> Matt LaFleur's brother. From the Shanahan tree. The guy who Kyle Shanahan wouldn't let teams interview. Because mm-hmm. it was a vital piece of that offense. Or of that coaching tree. Give Matt, Matt Laf- Mike LaFleur. Quit getting the LaFleurs confused. Mike LaFleur, a guy who... his Michael Carter's number one comp on the Brodo comp tool, Maurice Jones-Drew. Now, after that, you have guys like Kendall Hunter, DeAndre Washington, Stephon Taylor. So there is quite a so there's variance here. A variance here. And he's either going to be, according to the comp tool, very good or very bad. Everything's lining up for him to be very good. 
I think in the first pick of the seventh round. It's Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson around him. Yeah. Like, he's in a better spot than Trey Sermon. And I've said this in the past, man. I think people are underestimating the effect of the 17-game season now. Where players probably aren't, excuse me, coaches probably aren't going to want to run their running backs as deep into the ground as they have in the past. Give them a couple more snaps off, which gives guys like Michael Carter an edge to get more snaps even from the start. Even if he doesn't start right away, oh, you know, rookies, you know, they have to wait on the bench or whatever. Dumbass shit like that where, like, guys like Justin Jefferson sit behind Ola Bissy Johnson. Maybe get him some reps even earlier. But I think Michael Carter has a great chance to even just open up as a starter. And a starting running back in the seventh round is uh, something I want. So I like that pick by... I like this little turn here for you, Jay. Super... Risky high upside picks. <laughs> That's best ball, baby. Like if OBJ goes down in week one, we really wouldn't be surprised. I hope not. I love OBJ as a player, and that would suck. And if Michael Carter ends up being shit this year, I hope not because I'm a Jets fan and I like Michael Carter. It wouldn't be super shocking either, I suppose. But I like it because they could both be good. So yeah. So now after Mike, uh, Michael Carter. Goes Jerry Judy, who has the talent, does not have the quarterback. In the seventh round, man, Jerry Judy, his overall finish and points per game, his points per game was like outside the top fifty. It's he's either rookie, Drew Locke. He was a rookie, yes. He was he's a talented rookie, but he's either Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. And that was with Cortland Sutton out. Cortland Sutton's returning. It's another year of Noah Fant. Albert O gets involved a little bit. Like I'm just not super interested at cost right now for Jerry Judy. After Judy goes DJ Chark, how many rounds after? Oh, around before Chenault. He's the first Jaguar to go, yeah. Yeah, um, and then it's Robbie first Anderson. First Jaguar receiver. Brian, Brandon Ayuk, who I would certainly take over the guys just listed. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk in the middle of seventh, I think, is a, is a nice pick. Chase Claypool, Jalen Hurts getting on the Chase Claypool the final dual threat running quarterback there. Yeah, Chase Claypool is someone I'm uh, fading a little bit at ADP currently. And then we got Corlin Sutton, and then the worst pick of the draft in the seventh round, Zach Moss. See, this guy, he went seesaw style. Akers, Very good Kittle, team, actually. A-Rob, Cooper, Higgins, Russell Wilson. That would probably be my favorite start besides ours. Zach Moss is not the guy I would have gone for. In best ball, here. why not just take Mostert here? Yeah, like, I would take Mostert. I agree. And Zach Moss is not someone who has ever shown like last season those peak games that just wasn't him and they didn't run the ball Singletary was also not good it just seems a little a little bit of a reach for Moss and I think it was because uh he started with so many non-quarter running backs after Akers but I would have taken Juju for sure I think Juju's being underrated man Juju had some very solid games last year ended as a top 15 receiver overall his points per game wasn't as nice as that but he ended up having some spike games and he is a uh, he was getting a ton of receptions as well, and this is a PPR league. I think Juju, I'd take Juju before Claypool for sure, and ADP says otherwise. All right, so we're through seven rounds. Um, we could talk all day about this stuff, so I'm going to move a little bit faster. Yep. Um, so in between... Now we'll just... Uh, in between my we'll next shout two out picks, picks that uh, catch our eye. Irv Smith, Tyler Higby, and Robert Tunyon all went. So after that, the tight ends left were... Evan Ingram, Adam Troutman, Jonu Smith, Mike Kosicki, Gerald Everett, Hunter Henry, Rob Gronkowski. There's a little tear break here, in my opinion. And that's why I went tight end here. Because I think 
and different tune than in the past. For sure. You guys think we're mixing haters? <laughs> we were Mike Kosicki haters. Full on. And it's paid off. Most of the time. I'm on the Kosicki train this year. He's, I can get him in the eighth round. He improved last year, man. He imp- And he improved last year. Exactly. I'm going to point you to the Brodo app here. Go search Mike Kosicki's Brodo card. First of all, the front is just bars all the way full in the percentile. The front is a work of art. Guy's a freak athlete. But if you go to the back, the, the spots where the person is top 10 in their position are written in red instead of black. And there's a lot of red on his card. I'm going to just lift, list the spots where Mike Kosicki is top 10 for tight ends. Receiving yards. Receiving touchdowns. True target value. Yards per reception. Receiving yards per game. Average depth of target. Points per opportunity excluding touchdowns. PPR fantasy points. PPR points per game. Red zone opportunities. Target percentage. Notice that I didn't say targets. He was 12th in targets. He was a top 10 tight end last year in a lot of different categories without seeing top 10 targets. And I think with another year of Tua, I wouldn't be surprised if... Mike Kosicki gets a little bit more work this year. Even if he sees a similar amount of targets, 85, he might be able to put up better numbers. And I think there's a there's a tear break here, and I like taking Mike Kosicki around this time. Yeah, I think Kosicki... The thing that scares me a little bit is they brought in Jalen Waddell. If Kosicki loses slot work, that could be... Uh, he played a lot in the slot, which helped. Um, Jalen could, Waddell sucks, though. It could hurt a little bit. Um, he was a top 10 pick. You can't just say he sucks. Hey, dude. But I do think Kaseki here makes sense for you as your first tight end. And then this next pick, I really like it. I was deciding between two guys. I took da- Damian Harris here. Honestly, I was deciding between Damian Harris and Ronald Jones. I think both guys are going too late. Damian Harris specifically is the lead back for the Patriots right now. All the reports out of camp are saying it. All of the statistics show it. He was very good last year. Top 10 in rushing yards over expected. Um, Sony Michelle is basically gone. Like, they drafted Ramondre Stevenson. Damian Harris going to play over him. If they bring in Mac Jones to be quarterback, they're going to want to protect him with Damian Harris. And that would be great because Cam Newton wouldn't be the goal line back anymore. Damian Harris is the steal of this draft. No? I don't know if it's a the steal of the draft in a PPR league. That's the thing that bugs me out a little bit because it's, Ninth round? it's really lack of receptions. He caught seven balls last year, seven total. That's not in a game or two. That's total the entire season. But I do think he's a very talented runner. He was top 10, I believe, in rushing yards over expected. He'll score some touchdowns. So in the ninth round, in a best ball league, they'll spike Josh Jacobs types weeks. Like, why can't Damian Harris be Josh Jacobs? He can right? be. Yeah, I wouldn't he can be surprised be. if he finished ahead of Josh Jacobs this year. Yeah, so why can't he be Josh Jacobs, except Jacobs was in the middle of the fifth, Damien Harris is here in the ninth. Steal of the draft. I also think Ronald Jones would have made sense here. Hence, steal of the draft. Yes, I could see a steal of the draft if you really want to see um, In between my next picks, Ryan Tannehill goes. Shout out the truth, throw value king. I definitely, I think I would have took Ryan Tannehill if, you didn't take turn, Murray. if I didn't take Kyler Murray. Um, assuming whatever position I would have took earlier. Mm-hmm. I would have acted accordingly. Antonio Brown, 
is an interesting pick here in the ninth round. I like it. So is Will Fuller in the middle of the ninth. I think he's going too late. What about Brandon Cooks? It's hard to know about Brandon Cooks. It's, we don't even know what Deshaun Watson's going to do. Yeah, the Texans are such a wild card team right now. It's super yeah. upsetting. Like fantasy-wise, trying to figure out how to draft them. Yeah. Because Brandon Cooks in the ninth is going to end up looking like a joke if Deshaun Watson plays. If he doesn't, Brandon Cooks in the ninth with Tyrod Taylor, who has never sustained fantasy success for wide receivers, probably not, not going to look so good. Yeah. All right. So jumping to my next pick, last pick of the first pick of the last pick of the tenth round. I just want to give a quick shout out to Kenyon Drake and James Conner, both drafted in the tenth round. I think they're both tremendous values at this point in the draft, especially in best ball leagues. Connor, Kenyon Drake was top five in red zone opportunities last year, and he's gone. He's going to get work. Chase Edmonds isn't going to get that. Kenyon Drake got starter money from the Raiders, and they're saying he's going to be involved in the passing game and such. It's a PPR league. I think both those guys in the 10th round are, are great picks. When it comes back to me, I'm going to go running back on wide receiver again. Tim talked me into this wide receiver, Michael. I think you're going to need to talk me into him as well. Here I'm with Jamal Williams, the 1A in Anthony Lynn's offense, as he called it. Um, simply put, he's going to get work. Anthony Lynn is the guy who used Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon. He's the guy who used whoever last year, Joshua Kelly and fucking Austin Eckler was barely on the field. Jamal Williams is going to get work, and the offense isn't that good. So they're probably going to want to play... Bite your knees, defense and ground and pound football with Dan Campbell. So I like that Jamal Williams in the tenth round. That bite your knee shit is funny. I do like Jamal Williams in the tenth round here too. Because now this is what I was talking about the seesaw. I think you did it well. After taking McCaffrey, Carter, Harris, and Williams, it's a pretty solid chance one of the go- one of those guys hits every week or so. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So I like. And then that. I took. This is I'm giving Tim credit for this one. Corey Davis. Tell me why tell me why I should be happy about it cuz you know I don't like Corey Davis. I like Corey Davis a lot this year, man. He was very efficient last year. I know he was with the True Value King, but he basically performed up to what True Value said he would. And man, he's a number 1 receiver in the 11th round. Why I don't understand how that's not just easy simple math. Draft Corey Davis, draft the guy who was a top five pick, who finally blossomed a bit last year, got the contract, and now he's going in the first pick of the 11th round, and later typically, like I think he's a very easy pick at ADP currently, and I think Corey Davis here in the 11th round, after waiting on wide receiver so long, after having Nuke, Metcalf, Godwin, and Beckham, is a very solid pick, man. I like it. Alright, I hope you're right. I think I'm going to be right. It doesn't make any sense to me that he's going this late. Like, how are you taking Corey Davis over, like, Jalen Waddell, Michael Pittman, Hollywood Brown? How are you not, you mean? Yeah. How are you not? I don't know. I, I might be inclined to take Elijah Moore over Corey Davis. I really like Elijah Moore, man. I think that's a little bit too much hype with Elijah Moore right now. He is going over Corey Davis, typically in ADP and FFPC drafts. There you go. I, I prefer Davis currently. Um, in the 11th round, we see Adam Troutman go off the board, the third-round tight end who did nothing last year and now doesn't even have a quarterback um, who everyone loves. We also see Gerald Everett go off the board, who is joining Seattle, and Seattle tight ends have had success in spurts, so Gerald Everett is a 
is a fun, interesting wild card. In wild card here, this guy's all about wild cards. Gerald Everett and Kyle Pitts. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Um, so we'll just finish off our draft. Um, for now, so let me just scroll down and tell you the rest of my team, and then we will talk about it. So. After Corey Davis. After Corey Davis. Back I, on the turn. I wanted to... I had a strategy here. I knew I wanted at least one more running back. I knew I wanted two more wide receivers. And I knew I wanted one quarterback. So I had some room. But I also had an outline. And at least one tight end. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was looking for here. So to finish the draft in the 12th round, I took Philip Lindsay. Because I like Lindsay here a lot. I'll just I'll just run through this and then you tell me. Okay. I took Philip Lindsay in the twelfth round because Philip Lindsay has always just been good at football, and he's in a crowded backfield. But David Johnson sucks. Mark Ingram sucks. They're both mad old. They're like thirty eight. Combined, they're the age of Frank Gore. <laughs> so they're combined the age of Frank Gore. Yeah, Frank Gore. That ass. So Philip Lindsay is probably gonna be useful at some point this season. After that, Cole Beasley, um, aside from his personal views, uh, he was he had his best season on the field last year. And the Bills haven't done much to change the offense. I think people are a little scared of Emmanuel Sanders coming in, and so they're fading Cole Beasley. But Cole Beasley is still basically the second option in the offense after Stephon Dix. Yep. Um, so, in the 13th round, it just makes sense. After that, my backup quarterback, someone who I know is going to play, someone I know could use his legs, and someone who I think is upside. I mean, he's not gonna—he's not a running quarterback, per se, but Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, the rook. Maybe a little hometown bias. Paired with Kyler Murray. With Sam Darnold, Jared Goff left, people like that. I like Zach Wilson. My last four picks, I grabbed Eric Ebron, Jameson Crowder, Chris Herndon, and Alan Lazard. I took two tight ends there because Kasiki hasn't always been good, so I might as well cover my tracks. It's best ball. Let's get three tight ends and hope one of them pops every week. And then Jameson Crowder in the 16th round is just wild. This guy has always been good when healthy. And then Alan Lazard to finish it off. Um, I'll let Michael talk about these guys because Alan Lazard and Michael actually just wrote an article about yeah, Lindsey, I want to say. I like that pick a lot. Um, the young gun, who has been great in his career before last year where he was dealing with injuries and such. I think people are sleeping on him a little too much. Like you said, Cole Beasley is just an easy pick, in my opinion. He was a top 30 receiver last year, and now he's going outside the top 50. Zach Wilson, New York Jet, baby. Jet up. The Jet stack is in full effect. Michael Carter, Corey Davis, Jamison Crowder, Chris wow. Herndon, and Zach Wilson. Jeez, I didn't even realize I dropped that many Jets. I don't even hate it, though, because the Jets are being so so disrespected and cheap. It's not like the offense is going to score three points a game. So cheap. Get a couple touchdowns, even, and you have startable assets. Michael Carter scores a touchdown. Jamison Crowder scores a touchdown. Those two guys will likely be in your lineup that week. And someone's going to need to score touchdowns on this offense. And then Ebron, the Steelers drafted Fryermuth, and now everyone's forgetting about Ebron. He was good last year, especially in best ball. Like, when you didn't have to choose one to start him. The dude was scoring touchdowns. He was playing. We know rookie tight ends struggle. 
or take time to adapt typically. Look last year when the Bears brought in Cole Komet. If you drafted Jimmy Graham late in your best ball draft, you were hyped. Jimmy Graham ended up having a pretty damn good season for who he is. I was very shocked at it. I didn't expect it, but man, he was good. He caught touchdowns. That could be Eric Ebron this year. And he's basically free at the end of drafts. And then Crowder, like you said, in the 16th round is a joke. I don't know how it's still like that. Chris Herndon. We'll see. I guess that was a wild card for you. Yeah, I mean, the tight, end position. the tight ends left were like, the people after him were Dan Arnold, Mo Ali Cox, and Dalton Schultz. Mo-Ali I'd probably Cox take a shot on Mo Ali Cox yeah. if I redid this draft, but there's one other tight And then end. Alan Lazard, you may have picked that because of me, I think. Yeah. Alan Lazard is one of my uh, favorite late round dart throws this year because the guy, man, he ended 20 spots higher in points per game than overall finish last season. He was 45th in true target value. He scored double-digit points two of the first three weeks before he had core surgery and had to uh, miss time and then came back and wasn't as good. If A-Rod stays in Green Bay, all they brought in was Amari Rodgers, who's 5'9", and a completely different skill set than Al Lazard, who's 6'5", 230 pounds. I think Lazard could be in for uh, a few good games and uh, could be a steal in the, as the last pick of the draft. I kind of like the Jarek McKinnon pick in the 18th round. That's an interesting one. A little bit of McKinnon a, a little bit taken. of an Eno Benjamin vibe. I would have took McKinnon over Lazard if he wasn't taken. It's just C H and McKinnon basically in that backfield. So I'm going to go over your roster, Jay. Your quarterbacks: Kyler Murray and Zach Wilson. Which is when you draft someone like Kyler Murray, a plus. You're expecting top five performance every week, so you really need Zach Wilson for the bye week. Your running backs, Christian McCaffrey, Michael Carter, Damian Harris, Jamal Williams, Philip Lindsay. Remember, FFPC is one QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, two flex. So you really only need two running backs to hit each week if your wide receivers fill the flex as well. Um, wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, Chris Godwin, OBJ, Corey Davis, Cole Beasley, Jamison Crowder. Tight ends, Mike Isicki, Eric Ebron, Chris Herndon. Oh, I missed... Al Lazard is a wide receiver. So, my starting lineup, week one, Kyler Murray, Christian McCaffrey, Carter or Harris, Hopkins, Metcalf, Godwin, OBJ, Gasicki. Very solid. That's a good good team. Yeah. And uh, you have the Arizona stack with Murray and Hopkins, and then the Ultra Jets stack with Wilson, Carter, Davis, Crowder, and Herndon. Ultra Jets stack is an understatement. I think Zach Wilson will be a good... Best ball quarterback this year, though. Yeah, I'm very excited for the Jets. And not just because we're Jets fans. I think they have a, a chance to surprise with all the changes they're making and the new personnel, the new draft picks, the new culture. So, time will tell. That's the end of this one. Shout out Tim. We forgot to shout out Tim throughout the podcast. Yeah. So, that's our team. Um, We often tweet the link to the drafts. Whenever I Basically hop every a draft, time Jason or Tim hops whenever in. Tim hops into a draft, like I'll literally be drafting and I'll be like, yo, Michael, just tweet this link. Like every time it's tweeted, free $5 entry. All you got to do is click on the link. These are basically free. These are basically low stakes mock drafts. It's great to do. Um, and as you can see right now, there's value to be had. There's always value to be had drafting early. And that's my spiel. That's the spiel, folks. If you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash Fantasy. That's where, um, listen, a lot of times you give to Patreon and you you might not be sure where the money goes. 
tell you right now, your money is what keeps us afloat. <laughs> we create apps with it. We maintain websites with it. We pay our writers a nominal amount with it. I mean, it's um, it's something. It's the uh, what's it called, man? Industry standard. Industry standard, and we literally, and we're gonna use it to do some advertising before the season. Like that's where your money goes. So if you wanna help support some some good guys doing some good things in the fantasy football industry, patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. Um and Fantasy Football by Brodo is the app that you need for this fantasy football season. Find it in the app store by searching it. Yep. That's all folks. Yep. Thanks. Th- th- that's all folks. Thanks for listening. Uh download the app. And that's all. See you next week. Later.